Hey guys, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. These are your hosts, Rachel Mansfield and Jordan Carpenter. I almost introduced myself as Rachel Carpenter, but I'm like, people are gonna be confused. Yeah, now you're um, just lying. Okay, well, Jordan doesn't usually do the interest with me, so I was like caught off guard, but we're still sitting here from after recording this episode. And I'm really excited because this week's episode is talking all about like the transition to three kids, sleep training. It's filled with a ton of info, 57 minutes or so worth of us chatting and, you know, in the beginning bickering a bit. But I think this episode- Rachel said she's been feeling very fiery today. I am feeling pretty fiery today, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, If you find it helpful or you know of someone who's looking to sleep train or if they're transitioning to motherhood or three kids or whatever it may be, definitely share it with them. Let us know what you think when you're listening, what your favorite parts are, which are helpful. And if you like these just the good chats, let us know. But I want to find more topics to talk about. Amazing. I mean, I always have a lot of topics to talk about. But now we're going to dive into today's episode. I am over the top excited to share today's podcast sponsor with you because it is something I consume every single day and I recommend it to so many of my friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Element. Element is an electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't need, like sugar, which is in so many of these electrolyte mixes. Element contains science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is why it really works. It has 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and a 60 milligrams of magnesium. You know my obsession with magnesium. There's no junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial anything like so many of these other electrolyte mixes out there. I started drinking this while I was pregnant for hydration and Jordan also got hooked on it too. Now I have it daily for nursing and I swear by it. My personal favorite flavors are the watermelon, which tastes like a Jolly Rancher, orange, and the citrus, but you can't go wrong with really any. It's totally risk-free to try it and if you don't like it, you could share it with a friend and they'll give you your money back, no questions asked. Plus, anyone listening to this can get a free sample pack with your purchase with my link. DrinkLMNT.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. This is a great way for you to try all the flavors and it comes with one of each. So you can try everything and see what your favorites are too. They also have an unflavored one if flavored beverages aren't your thing. This offer is exclusive for my community, so you won't find this available anywhere else. Let me know if you try it and what your favorite flavors are. And again, the link is drink, D-R-I-N-K, element, L-M-N-T dot com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. And I'm linking to everything in the show notes too, to make it even easier. Hi, Rachel. Welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. Hi, Rudolph. (laughs) It's so mean. Your pimple be popping. I have some some very bad skin issues going on in my face these days, and Rachel reminds me every day. Well, it's because you don't have a good morning morning and evening routine going. Are you kidding me? My morning routine and evening routine are some of the best out there. Yeah, for sure. Maybe one day you'll have an, you'll have me on to talk about it. Yeah, maybe maybe we will. But today we're going to talk about life with three kids sleep training, a handful of questions that came in from Instagram that I pulled at the 11th hour. And like I said, I'm feeling fiery today. So your voice kind of sounds like you're at the Blink-182 concert last night. I wish I was at the Blink-182 concert. I don't know. I feel like a loser. I didn't even know about it because I would have made that a priority to go. Wait, you you and your dad spoke about this thing and you're like, oh, I'm going to be pumping. I'm not going to want to go. This is like six months. This is like when you were pregnant. Uh, well, that that doesn't count because you can't make decisions like that when you're pregnant because, like, it's just, you know. Oh, guess you'll see them on the next tour they do. It's fine. We're going to see Pink. <laughs> <laughs> she had that great interview that one time, so. Oh, my God. So my parents, like, told a friend of ours that I'm obsessed with Pink, the musician, and, like, so they help get us tickets. And so they're, like, so excited to go see Pink and then our friend goes, oh, Rachel, like the tickets are coming your way, blah, blah. I'm like, who? Like I, my parents apparently use me as bait to go and see Pink. So we're going in November. So if anyone else is going, let me know. And also, I guess you should probably brush up on some of her music. But I, was I, mean, like, say, I, I like Pink, but it's not something I would be like, oh my God, Rachel's obsessed. If I heard her songs on the radio, not that we listen to the radio, I would know them, but I wouldn't. I, if you asked me a Pink song right now, I have. No, me neither. I couldn't tell you one. Like, do you think they're they're like throwback songs or do you think it's going to be? Uh, I mean, she's been around for a while, so I'm sure she has like 
I'm sure she'll do. Just give me a reason. Is that her? Just I, I, I just told you I have no idea what her songs are. I don't know. All right. Well, listen. I'm sure she. I think it is. She's. It's going to be a good show because she's obviously a good performer and mega successful. But playing in the family room. Oh, nice. But um, not really like my top pick. Yeah. So it's like that song. Just give me a reason, just a little. Oh, I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna have fun. I mean, I thought you and I were like just joking about like like not that I would go to find her or go like out of my way to oh, see no, her. Oh no, I'm into like I mean jam and do you think maybe she'll sing that song? Okay, I'm sure whatever. she'll sing that song. Like I'm sure she'll sit all, sing all of her top hits. Okay, all right, sounds good. So let's hop to it. Jord's gonna MC. We're gonna chat through questions about transitioning with three kids. Again, because it's it, it's it, it's a transition, guys. It's a, it's a I don't process. think it's really a transition. I think it's just the way of life. Yeah, really but it's like, a transition in in life. Like it's you go from one thing to the next, and that's a transition. And then sleep training. And there's a lot of questions that like are inspiring other ideas for the podcast, like as your social anxiety and other random things. So we'll report back. But Jordan, I'm gonna kick it to you, right into your Rudolph. Thank you. Santa. <laughs> that doesn't make sense because I you don't call have me. a white beard and I'm not like, you know. Well, you know, like Santa is like the, uh, the. Don't make people hate you when the, by calling me Santa. That's rude. No, because like Santa Santa's like the head honcho. Not mm-hmm. not saying that you're like this like fat guy with a white beard. With uh, a red well, I'm telling you that you're calling you Rudolph because you look like Rudolph. So when you're calling me Santa, that's like you look like Santa. Like you look like See, Rudolph The insults nose. just keep flowing. I'll tell you that much. Ezra, Jordan has like an ingrown pimple on the. The, the the tip of his nose has been there for like a week. It actually looks painful. Yeah, it is painful. Thanks it's painful for thanks for. <laughs> it's painful to look at. <laughs> what makes the jump to three so hard? I think that the so we did three in under in four year, three in four years, which I think is psychotic, and I really don't recommend it as of right now. I think that maybe I would recommend it when my kids were older and I'm out of like the thick of this, but it's hard because there's a lot of coordination between like a baby has a lot of like needs, like naps, frequent feedings, more of like a schedule. But then like your other two kids have activities, they have school and they don't want to just stay home and like do nothing. So it's just, there's a lot of coordination that it takes for three children. With that being said, I think that like if we had Cooper when Brody was four or he was older, I think it'd be a little bit easier because he would be more self-sufficient, but like Brody's still a baby. Um, like we're trying to potty train and kind of like, you know, we hit the pause button because cleaning up pee just on the floor was not that exciting. But I think that's what like the coordination is hard. You don't just like divide and conquer really anymore. Like like in the sense where it's like one and one, you either have one or you have two. And typically whoever has Cooper has only Cooper and then whoever has Ezra has Brody and vice versa. And you never have alone time because there's always one that like needs something, even on the, like, if you try and get your alone time, it still just like doesn't exist. Would you agree? Yeah. It's, I'd say alone time on the weekends is, is hard to come by. If you're meaning like relaxation. Yeah. Like on the weekends, you and I do not sit down for more than maybe a half an hour. If that. Oh my God. If that. Which there's just really no time to like rest and reset. I, comes on Mondays, time. like my legs feel like I ran a marathon over the weekend. Like I go into Monday and my legs are actually sore. I think from just like running up the steps to like do this and grab this and then do this. Like there's just a lot to do. And like we signed up for this. So this isn't like a complaining for like, I mean, some people could view this as complaining, but it is a lot more of an adjustment than, than anticipated for sure. Like three, you're completely outnumbered and it's by far the hardest transition. Zero to one was hard. One to two was very seamless for us because Brody was a very easy baby and Ezra was not an easy baby. But two to three rocked me, like is rocking me. Yeah, definitely the most difficult. You think there's anything we could have done to prepare better for it? No. Like your aunt always says, it's like you never really understand the situation until you're like in the person's shoes. And unless we, like, found a family that, like, we could have, like, lived in their house for a couple days and, like, seen how three kids was, there was nothing we could have done to prepare. And we don't have many friends – I don't have any friends that have three kids. I've made some, but, like, 
right? Like you don't know anyone. Yeah, that we've could have like watched and then kind of taken things from. But yeah, I don't really think there was anything else we could have done to like prepare. No. Because even when you're preparing, your other two kids are also evolving as well. And like they're going through different stages. So like Brody is a much different kid than he was when Cooper came four or five months ago. Like he's really coming into his like true toddlerhood. But yeah, I mean, it's just non, like literally nonstop is is the way that it is. So you just kind of have to put your own needs and wants aside and then just kind of just survive through this next few uh, months. But we also had like a a more abrupt transition where like Cooper had RSV. We had like, viral, like there was like COVID strep RSV. Every like virus under the sun was in our house because we gave birth to the third winter baby, blah, blah, blah. Mom and dad jokes on us. We get it. But like there's a lot going on. Then like you had your surgery. Our nanny and two of our kids got in a car accident. Like you had, we're running a business. You had uh, oh, I got norovirus, norovirus and vomited for the first time in tw- uh, since I was 21 years old. I'm not a puker. Like we had a real and the kids had Nora. Like we had a really rough adjustment, like rough few months that made the adjustment I think harder. But I mean, I don't want people to walk away from this podcast being like, oh my god, like I'm never having three kids because I do feel so fulfilled. And when it was just Ezra and Brody, I didn't feel fulfilled. So while I yeah, it's also like it's also a lot of fun when you like fun. step back from like we're obviously just talking about the stresses of it, but there is there's so much like stuff that goes on in our house on a daily basis that like makes it so entertaining. So like when the kids aren't here like they're not right now, it's like almost like you're eerily quiet. Nice, but yeah. So do you have any tips from people going from like zero to one, one to two, two to three? I mean, I have tips for like each of those, but zero to one, rest as much as you can, travel as much as you can, like beforehand, just like get ready to be the most like selfless human possible because like that's, you're never going to have that like independence that you did. Cause even when you are away from your child, I mean, maybe it's just me and I know if friends feel this way too, like even when you're like quote away from your child, you still think about them and like their needs and like what's going on even when you're removed because they're a part of you. One to two, I think beforehand, spend as much time with your first child because it can be really hard to, you know, have one-on-one time, especially with three. It's basically impossible. Like I was alone with Brody the other day and I think it was the first time that I was alone with Brody one-on-one since Cooper's been born because Cooper was sleeping and like they kind of like overlapped in their in their in their nap which was like nice like I sat at the Lalo table with Brody and like had a snack like I ate popcorn and like he ate puffs I mean like had a great time puffs puffs and no I guess like my tips aren't like that insightful for each of those like two to three just <laughs> bye say say your goodbyes to everyone <laughs> like I can't yeah, but, I mean the thing everyone just has to remember is that each one of these stages is is truly short if you look at a long time span Mm -hmm. so they really just happen in a blink of the eye i mean you know cooper's gonna be five months i know it's getting so much more fun and like we're not gonna have another kid so like like this is the last time we're gonna experience these things did anyone ask if we're having another kid uh actually i don't think so i think i think you made your point very clear (laughs) 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 why don't you tell everyone what i'm getting for father's day A vasectomy or your own bedroom in the basement, like whichever you prefer. <laughs> both, yeah. both sound pretty good. I, uh, my socks are so um, Now just more just like logistical questions people have had for like having three or just having multiple kids. Like when the baby is napping and they have a schedule, like how do you handle the other two kids? What do you mean? Like Ezra wants to go out and play all the time. Oh. Brody like wants to go destroy the pantry and Cooper needs to take a nap. Like, how do you do it? Well, if so, if we're home, he takes his nap and we do an activity like with the other kids, like whatever they want to do. So usually Cooper right now, he naps, his awake windows are like hundred, no more than 120 minutes. Usually the, the last nap before bedtime usually doesn't happen because he's, I think he's like in a transition. I have to look, but I try to do at least Two, I try to do like two, one or two of his naps on the weekends at home in his crib. 
And like on the weekend, like we usually do an activity between like 10.30 and 1.00 because I know Cooper is like, he usually wakes up around 10 from his first nap. I feed him and then we can go out and do something. We have like two hours, which is great until he has to go back to sleep. And so I, and then like say we want to do something that's longer, like I would just have him nap in the car seat or in the stroller or like wherever it may be. And third kid kind of just needs to go with the flow. But I don't think it's ever like impacted plans because like it's you and I, like I'm not a single parent and neither are you. So like, but there's times when I've taken Ezra to a birthday party and I bring Cooper and he just naps in the stroller while I'm there or I just bring him along. But I try not, to, we both try, as it would say, should say, try not to let one kid's schedule like impact the other. Like there's moments that Ezra wanted to, he wanted to go to the school playground the other day, but like Cooper was sleeping and like I physically couldn't leave the house, obviously, even though we almost left Brody once sleeping because we forgot. But I knew that Cooper was sleeping and like we couldn't go outside. So I'm like, Ez, like let's go outside in the backyard. Like we just kind of pivot. Like I don't think the the kids are ever negatively impacted because of the baby schedule is my point. Yeah. And at their ages, it's not like we're going, at, we, we don't leave for a full day anyway. Like no, Brody still naps like for two and a half to three hours. Right. So for us to leave for two hours, that's like plenty of stimulation for the boys. For sure. And like I just said, like we'll do one nap on the go for Cooper, but he doesn't nap as well, obviously, as he does in his crib. Yeah. And then just in terms of like, this actually happened to me the other day. How do you involve the other kids in like the baby's activities to like make it feel like they're part of like the baby's life almost like you have Ezra help get the bottle for Cooper or you help you know Brody will grab grab a diaper like the other day I was trying to put Cooper down and Brody kept barging in so like I tried to involve Brody and like getting Cooper to nap um any other like ideas of how to get parents like have their kids help each other out I mean Ezra will like like you said like he'll grab a diaper he'll give him the pacifier He'll hold – like the other night when I was solo with them, like I asked Ezra and Brody to hold the bottle. Like they thought it was so fun to give Cooper – excuse me, his bottle until three minutes in and they told me they were harmed. too tired. (laughs) My arm's tired. (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) I just try to involve them in a way where if they say no, it's no. Like I'm not going to enforce them. But our boys like thankfully are so obsessed with their brothers. Like Ezra's obsessed with Brody and Cooper and Brody's obsessed with Cooper and Ezra And I'm sure Cooper will be obsessed with them too because they're his big brothers. And like actually like if he's crying and Ezra goes and lays down next to him, he stops crying. Yeah. So they're all very like willing to help. And it's like a bond that I hope is never broken. Like I will do everything in my power for my boys to always be the best of friends. But we got lucky where like the kids want to involve themselves and we never had like that jealousy issue. Yeah, I think we've made it like exciting and accessible Mm -hmm. instead of like something that's like scary and like, you know, like, Almost like, oh, don't, don't like interrupt the baby. Like he's always been a part of it. I think it makes him like really excited and proud to be yeah, like a big brother. And we also don't, their lives aren't negatively impacted because they have a sibling. Like I was doing everything I could to like be with the boys while like when Cooper was born. Like even if it wasn't one-on-one, but like, you know, a newborn's like a newborn, like they're literally like laying on a pillow. So like it was easy to you know, pay attention to them. I remember making pancakes for Ezra when he like demanded pancakes like four days post C-section and like being in so much pain standing at the stove making pancakes. So I'm like, I want to try and give him as much normalcy. Remember we went out for dinner when Cooper was a week old? We went we went to like the tavern by our house because like Ezra is so used to going out to dinner every Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's like, we go to the restaurant. I want a cheeseburger. I want a burrito every single week. And so... Was it comfortable for me to like put pants on and like not like wear like a pillowcase? No, but I wanted to do it for my son. I remember it was like one hour and I had to like take like pull my pants down under the table because like it hurt Jeez, so bad Rachel. with the incision. But just try and make, maintain the normalcy is my point. Like if your child wants to do something, still do it because it's to the best of your ability. And how do we do bedtime with three kids and two parents? So Ezra and Brody share a room. And Cooper has his own room. Cooper goes to sleep at seven. So we like give Cooper his like bottle of pumped milk around like 6.15, 6.20. And then sometimes we'll give him more food after that. He like really eats. He eats a lot. Um, he's like Ezra 2.0 at this age. But then um, one of us will put Cooper down, which is really fast. Like 
put his diaper on, read Goodnight Moon, which I can't find. And I've just been reciting it off the top of my head, which is pathetic that I know all the words. But putting him in his crib and then me go like, all right, bye-bye, see you later, which we'll get more to, more, more on that shortly. But Ezra and Brody are like a production for sleep, like most toddlers. So typically I always brush my teeth with the boys and we try to like want, so, okay, let me, let me retract. So we wind them down at like seven. We put the TV on, like when Cooper goes to sleep and we watch like whatever movie they're currently like binging, like Lion King, Tarzan, like whatever, the, the movie of the month. And then at like 7.25, we go upstairs. Like I always brush my teeth with them because like I'm already, like I've had my dessert, like whatever. You're ready for bed. Yeah, I'm so tired. And then I feel like either one of us will do bedtime. Like they definitely prefer Jordan to do bedtime over me because Jordan will put on a Broadway show. Song and dance, baby. And I'm like one story, like maybe half of a story, a song. I lay with each of them for a few minutes and then I leave. Like I'm a very like efficient person in there. Jordan is like literally knitting them a sweater and telling them. Like I can go pee and then come back and Rachel's already gone. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of us will do. And like if I did Cooper, then like typically Jordan will do the older two and vice versa. And Jordan like always picks um, 7.30 for when he has to take a shower every night. So that usually is going on at the same time. Well, you know, you don't want to get into bed being dirty. And I can't I can't shower later because then I get mocked and ridiculed. So it's not easy being me. It's a running joke in my fit with my parents and my brother that Jordan showers in the most inopportune times I just, because he does. I, I love to shower right before getting into bed. You feel clean. Yeah, but it like wakes nice. you up. No, I think it actually it's relaxing. Okay. I'm not doing like a I'm not doing like a freezing cold shower. Oh my god. Okay. Next. Any regressions when siblings came? Like, did we see any regressions with Ezra when Brody came, or with Ezra and Brody when Cooper came? Not really. I feel like my mom would say yes with Ezra because he was like acting out a bit. But Ezra's been acting out a bit for four years. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think he had a regression. I think when Cooper came, it was in the mix of when Ezra probably had about fifteen different viruses yeah, running through, like always sick. running through his system from from school and stuff. So I think he was like in between being sick, but he was they they were both super excited when, when yeah, yeah. You no know, after listening to like friends and like their transition with like their kids, like neither of our kids now had a regression. Yeah, I would agree. Thankfully. Uh, all right. Now it's me and you, baby. How do we stay connected with all this? Connected? I'm trying to drift. <laughs> connected. Wait, We're and you yelled at me when, all the time. And you yelled at me when I said it's nice when you're out of the house? Oh my God. Connected. Jordan and I work together. We're together all the time. I go for my walk in the morning and I'm like, commute, I'm usually called at least twice. Like, all right, that joke's getting old. That's not it's true. It's not old and it's I true. give up trying to call you because you're too busy for me. Jordan and I, how do we stay connected? So we're always like physically, like always connected because we work together and we're in the same house and we are, we're, you know, we're together a lot. How do we stay together, stay connected as like a couple in like an exciting way? I think that that's really hard because I was really stubborn about leaving Cooper for the first like four months that he was born. Like I, I wanted to be with him as much as I could because I was like nursing. I mean, I'm still nursing, but I didn't like leave him or I didn't have him. So it was harder for Jordan and I to do things one-on-one. Well, actually we didn't do anything one-on-one until he was like four months old. But like when he's a newborn, it was easy for us to like stay connected, like go for dinner or go and like do something because like he would be like chilling and like he, Cooper's are by far the easiest newborn that we've had. So we got pretty lucky with like bringing him into the city and like doing this. So we were able to like do some things that we still like to do together. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like we're so connected from maybe being together for the last 13 yeah. years. I mean, I also feel like we're on the same page with a lot of things. And I think we know that. Mm-hmm. And I think we've now doing this three times, you realize that it's like this like temporary point in your life where like it's not about you and I staying connected. It's about like having our kids thrive and get through these phases. So I think we like both on the same page where it's like, okay, somebody's like you can't do everything. And that that's something that we can stop because you can't tell our three-year-old or four-year-old that like we're not going to do X, Y, and Z because mom and daddy have to go connect. But yeah, no, I mean, I think we also just like like spending time with one another. So I think 
we always try to like sneak out and either go for like foot massages or do some. We've done that twice. It's not. Listen, you don't have that many opportunities to do things. We've Just we've gone that. we've gone uh, to dinner a few times. Yeah, now we're starting to go for dinner. I mean, even just sitting on the couch and talking for 15, 20 minutes, like once the kids go down. and I don't think that we really do that. Like we sit on the couch. I like sitting next to you. We sit next to each other, but we don't talk. <laughs> like I look at my phone. Well, I mean, you look at like, your phone. It was like dead at that yeah, point. Yeah, I don't know. I also think it's like, you know, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. So like my priority right now isn't like connecting with Jordan, which like could be like a controversial thing to say. My priority right now is staying alive. And I know that one day in like, you know, maybe towards the end of this year, we'll be able to like go away together as just us and like quote connect. And I think it's like, I know that that'll happen one day and it'll be great. But I don't know. I think because like you don't like go to an office all day. We're in a different situation. Like people like they can't like compare to us because we're so connected that I'm like, can you leave for a little bit? Like you just said to me, like, bye. Like Jordan takes Ezra to tennis on Fridays at three and he's gone for an hour and a half. And it's like, just, you know, it's great. Like hour and a half. I should, I should go out for longer. Two people down in the house. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So like we don't have like a set date night. I think, you know, I understand that schedules work for some people, but I think schedules like kill any sort of like, uh, spontaneity you're the least spontaneous person in the world so what do you mean I yeah but like- but i but i like like the th- i do like that thrill though i'm just like of when i suggest to do something and we do it i would love for someone to just come up with fun activities for me and then walk into the room and be like want to go do this and then me be able like All right. sure okay All right. if you say sure every time i come up with an idea you have to say sure because it's a good we one. should play that game we'll see guys but Oh, well, like on Fridays, so we have our nanny until six. So lately on Friday afternoons, I've been like organizing happy hours for Jordan and I with friends. So like that's been fun. So we'll go for like an hour, an hour and a half and like go out with another couple and hang out with them. And I feel like that's a great way for us to connect. Like we don't have a weekly date night, but we do try to do something on Friday afternoons because I think that like, especially in the summer, like people check out on Friday afternoons. So it's nice for us to like do things like that because we're like connecting without our kids and like we don't have to hire a babysitter because like we already have our nanny during those hours anyways. And it's not like we have to catch up on what happened that week because we are already very well aware of that. This is, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to ask this question, but uh, how do we time, how do we find the time or energy for intimacy? I'm tired. (laughs) Like, there is nothing more annoying to me than when it's, like, my teeth are brushed, my pajamas are on, I just did my last pump, the lights are off, the sound machine's on, the fan is on, my eyes are closed, my puffy is under my chin, my stuffed animal, and I'm on my left side, which is the side that I always go to sleep on, which faces Jordan, and he starts caressing my fucking leg. I'm like, get off of my leg. Like, if you wanted to have sex, you should have tried an hour ago. Like, I, there is no, like, I'm someone who, first of all, Jordan's not really one who's, like, going to, like, rub my shoulders to get me in the mood. Like, he's, like. If I touched your shoulders, you would say, get the fuck off of me. Literally. Like, I would rather. So, don't say it's me. It's you. But, like, you would, I'm saying you wouldn't do it, though. Like. You wouldn't. In, yeah, because I've been. In tra- I've been told. I've, I've gotten the more. I've gotten this. I've read the signs. I got. I got the memo. So he's not so much like I'm not going to be in my closet. He's going to like spank my butt, and then we're going to have sex. Like that's not how it happens. I prefer if it's literally like, do you want to have sex? I'm like, because then I can actually think about it. Like, yeah, that sounds good. Or like, no, not in the mood. So when like the when the mood is set, my sleep mood, not like the mood is set, and then he starts touching my leg, I'm like, get off of me like that pisses me off and his night guard is in the night guard is in guys <laughs> and i'm like you think that's happening right now you should have tried an hour ago but i'd rather like not schedule it but just say like do you want to do it later so that i'm not getting myself in the mood yeah, of going like to sleep so boring so like, you're the most boring person ever are you kidding i'm the most boring person ever how is that boring it's disgusting that you're doing that with your night guard. I don't have my night guard. You garden. usually do because then then I hear because I hear it. I hear it. I have not used that thing in over a month. Oh, you don't think I didn't notice? So that's those are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Um, when we get into 
like lately when we were both in bed, like we are so goddamn defeated, defeated from the day that like even I am just like just not interested. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't think I'd ever get to that point in my life, but I mean, here we are. You're tired. It's like by the time you put the kids to sleep, you take the garbage out, you clean up the kitchen from dinner, you like do. It, there's, it, yeah, but, there's just so much. But like, maybe we get a half an hour of to like wind down on the That's couch right. and watch TV. Like we're usually doing some sort of work, and then I need like a half an hour to do like nothing before I go into bed. Otherwise, yeah, my mind, I, I, I'm just not in a good place to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, so, like, you just literally run out of time. I don't think it's something that should be, like, forced. Like, if you're, like, in the mood, make the time. I think I personally am someone that's, like, you should make the time in the sense where it's, like, not schedule it, but have an idea. Because then, like, you're not getting yourself into that, like, mode of complete relaxing. And if, like, your partner is, like, very adamant on doing it, great. Lay there like a log. I'm sure <laughs> a lot of people do that, too. Like, I think it's fine. Dr. Brighton had a good point when we interviewed her saying, like, kind of like setting the mood throughout the day of, like, preparing for the, to do it. Oh, yeah. Like, there's times where it's, like, 4.30. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, we'll probably do, like, have sex later. Then it gets to be, like, Why don't you tell, you should let me know these things. No. Because then some 8 o'clock, I'm like, oh, my God, that was high hopes. Like, you're just tired. But I guess, yeah. So the the episode with Dr. Brighton is actually a real, that's a good, good reference back to the, a different one because that'll go more into this topic, too. So, sleep training. Yeah. Four years ago, when we started with Ezra, I was so against this and now i'm like the preacher like giving my uh my knowledge out to like whoever asks or isn't asking because i think it's like one of the best things we've done for ourselves and also like for our our children so why don't you give the breakdown on sleep training and, and how we've done it with all three kids so ezra was a really colicky baby like screamed cried all day all night for the first four months he was born and then just screamed all day after that after we sleep trained him but sleep is like really important to jordan and to myself like we don't sleep in but we like go to sleep by 10 o'clock and like now i'm up at like 5 30 unfortunately because i just can't sleep in but we're people who like need sleep to function i'm not someone who's like i can run on four to five hours and the newborn phase is tough like i need We've never had like a a baby nurse to help us. Like we do this ourselves. So by the time like a few a few weeks in, like we're defeated and we need sleep. Anyway, so the pediatrician that we went to in Jersey City when we were living in Hoboken told us that sleep training was like really important to do around the four month mark. And I didn't even like look into other like how we should sleep train or like what we should do. I'm not really a big like researcher. I just kind of like go with what my gut says and, you know, listen to the doctor if I agree with it. And the doctor had recommended cry it out. She was like, you know, middle-aged pediatrician said she never had a patient that this didn't work for. And I was so miserable with Ezra that I didn't give a shit if he cried because I was like, great, he'll cry it out. He cries all damn day. Like, what's like, what's the difference for me? So Jordan was also working like in finance at the time. So he was gone until like 10, 11 o'clock every night. So I was solo from like five when our nanny would leave until, you know, that night. I'm like, I can't sustain myself. Like, this is horrible. So we did cry it out, which means I've learned that cry it out has a different meaning to different people. So this is like, the Rachel version of cry it out. I don't know if this is like, right. This is like what the doctor taught me years ago. You put the baby in their bed when they're like awake, fully fed. You do whatever routine you want, like a bath, a book, a song, you know, a little like hugs and kisses, whatever. You put them in their crib and then you close the door and you say goodnight and you go back in in 12 hours. So it's controversial because your baby could scream and cry and you don't go in there. Now, I don't think that like this is for everyone because not everyone can handle it. Call me insensitive, whatever. I don't really care. It works for my kids. My kids are all three of them are amazing sleepers. So the first two nights are always the worst. And then your baby gets in a groove. Like each Ezra, Brody, and Cooper have all done this. And we've had great success with all of them. Each of them had a different, I guess, like 
experience in some way where like Ezra cried for 30 minutes. That was it. And then slept until like 4 a.m. That was like the – it was easy. And then the next night he woke up like a little bit more. I have blog posts on so, it. Like, going. Yeah, but at 4 a.m. he woke up and cried again, but we didn't go in until 7, which yeah, was you a 12-hour mark. So the doctor told me that you don't go in unless your child is vomiting. Like that is the only reason why you would go into that room. So – that's the what I what I followed. So we've done that with Ezra Brody and Cooper. We just with Brody was the hardest because he was sharing a bedroom with us. So like yes. that was I don't even want to go into that because it was heart wrenching. And with Cooper, it was actually quote easier because we're in a house now, not an apartment. So I can't I can't really hear him that well from like where I'm sleeping. And in addition to that, for the first hour that he was doing that, you probably are wondering, oh, how did they do cry it out when they have two kids that sleep across the hall from him? We put a sound machine in the hallway. Each room has sound machines in it. And the boys are so damn loud, like Ezra and Brody, that they didn't – like, they're not phased. Like, they are so in their own world that they didn't even – they don't even know that Cooper was crying. And when he woke up in the middle of the night at, like, I think it was, like, four-ish, that's usually, like, the the mark where most kids will wake up because they're, like, used to nursing at that time or having a bottle. The kids didn't hear him because – he uh there's at machines so it's like you know rough for two to three nights and then knock on wood they sleep 12 hours like 10 to 12 hours like cooper goes down at 7 7 15 and i go in there at like 6 30 6 45 yeah even if he's awake he'll wake up because i'll keep the monitor on my phone because that's just how i am but he'll wake up at like five between five and six and then like literally soothe himself back to sleep and he doesn't cry. He kind of he'll make some noise, you know, babble a little bit, and then put himself back to sleep. So just to reiterate, he's like happy, yeah. So they're in their room by themselves for twelve hours. You put them down, fully fed, in like a sleep sack. Um, yeah, not a swaddle. Not sack. a swaddle. Their arms need to be out. Eventually, they'll learn to self-soothe themselves, and they usually learn that within the first night. They'll figure out that they could suck on their hand or do whatever they want that will make them. And you put them on their back. And yeah, so when do you start sleep training? So with Ezra, we did 16 weeks. With Cooper, we did 16 weeks. With Brody, we we did 12 weeks. It was too soon. I don't recommend it before 16 weeks. And here's why. There's a four-month sleep regression. And with Brody, like he was doing great. And then like a couple weeks later, he like regressed. That was the only sleep regression thankfully he's ever had. But well, our new even our new pediatrician that we have in Melbourne said the same thing, like wait till four months. Yeah. And Cooper had like the week before we put him for a sleep training, I'm pretty sure he was in a sleep regression because he was waking up like two or three times a night when he was before that he was only waking up once. Yeah. So I think torture. he kind of had that moment. And then that's when you and I were like, he's gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. Um Bye. Someone asked about sleep training someone like way early, like five weeks. And no. I think that's way too early. I, you know, I would always just confirm with your pediatrician that like they're of, uh, that they're a large enough or uh heavy. It's not, it's not right. Rec- I mean, our, both, none of our pediatrician, like it's, I don't think that's, that's recommended. For five. No, I'm not saying, I'm saying don't do five weeks, but I'm yeah. saying talk to your pediatrician to like understand like the, like the weight window that they should be in, to, like ensure that they're not like underweight before doing this because yeah, they, no. they, they will lose feedings but i think what you have done is make up whatever feeding they would have lost like during the day mm-hmm. and they said as long as they get that same nutrition within that 24-hour window it doesn't yeah. really matter when they get it and i also people are always like well aren't they hungry like if they're crying in the middle of the night and i remember the pediatrician saying to me are you are you up at eating at three o'clock in the morning like no like, they're not hungry just make sure they eat right enough during the day and then they won't need to eat right so. they as you see, the babies just get into a very, they get into a routine or a rhythm. So like they're just expecting that that's going to happen at that point. So you kind of just have to break that cycle. How do you deal with the crying? Like if someone, if someone can't deal with the crying, what should they do? I mean, my like response is definitely like a little insensitive, but like put headphones in, sleep somewhere else and have your partner sleep in the house. If you're, if you're in close quarters, like with Brody, I wish I slept in my parents and Jordan listened to it. Cause like, that's that's not nice. Well, I mean, like whatever. It's killing me too. Um, yeah, just put headphones in, sound machine, and 
you want to sleep train them in their room. So like to keep that. Yeah, in they mind, need to be in, in their, their environment. Crib. But yeah, it just you've already been in the thick of it for four months, or you know, give or take, like what's three more nights, and just put a put a, put earplugs in. And what we've seen with our three kids, that's like really made me a true believer, is no matter where we go, even if it's in a different house on vacation. As long as we keep them in that same routine, they know now how to put themselves to, to bed. So like it doesn't matter where they once they're in that once they're in that rhythm and they understand how to do it, they can then do it anywhere. Yeah. Um, can you hire anyone to help you with sleep training? Yeah, there's so oh my god, there's like hundreds, thousands of sleep consultants. I've actually had a handful that have reached out to come on the podcast. I need to like filter through them because I really do want to bring a sleep consultant on. Um, I just need to find one that like isn't going to hate me for doing cry it out because a lot of people are like, like I said, it's a controversial way to sleep train your child, but there are a lot of sleep consultants. I just don't have one to recommend. Uh, oh, and the other point I would make is every time we go into the kids, the baby's room after making them cry it out, they are so happy. Like, it's not like they're not going to like be pissed or resentful at you. Like they don't, I don't think they understand. No, loves yet. his crime. Right, but I'm saying like they're happy. They wake up happy. They're not waked up like. I mean, this, do like, you remember crying as a baby? Of course not. So, so like, like yeah, but there's no fine. like. There's not this like trauma that they're like bringing no. on when they wake up from they're doing young. it. When do you transition to a sleep sack? Around this time, I would guess. I mean, we took Cooper out of the swaddle and Ezra and Brody at that time, and then he hasn't been swaddled since. So maybe like four months. But ask your doctor. And if your kid hates being swaddled, just take him out. Um, how did you eliminate uh, middle of the night feedings? By sleep training, I did. I did feeding. I fed around the clock before until then. Yeah, yeah. But we also, all three of our kids, sort of got well. More so, Brody and Cooper, less so Ezra, because he was always screaming. But Brody and Cooper got into this rhythm where they just only were waking up at like four a.m. and then like the next couple of weeks. Cooper I, didn't really have that. I was feeding him at like ten or eleven. Yeah, but then four. I know, but I don't want people to think that he was like going down in the bassinet or whatever, new at seven, and then like oh no, it wasn't. Four. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, saying no. like when you we you and I only really woke up once in those last couple of weeks. But I went to bed a lot later, so I, no, I still wasn't like it wasn't like Brody. Yes, Cooper. No, I don't agree. How do you get your baby to self soothe if they prefer the pacifier over their hand? So Cooper, I mean, I'm a anti thumb sucker. Come at me, I don't care. I. I, I can't handle it. Cooper is like self-soothing with his hand though right now because he can't like fit like, you know, he's learning how to grab. He's like reaching those quote milestones. But until then, I'm like whatever. But soon he'll be able to like put the pacifier in his mouth. So basically what we do for that is like sprinkle like 10 pacifiers in his crib and put them around his head. So hopefully he'll find one and put it into his into his mouth. But not yeah. all kids like the pacifier. Like Ezra and Brody both loved it and they only had it when they went to sleep because I, I don't let it leave their bed. Um, so we'll do the same thing with Cooper, but. And then is there a point where they get too old to sleep train? I think that you like miss the window if it's like past six months. I also think six months, like there's so much more like. Like they're not, they're not like a baby lying, yeah. laying on their back. All the time. Yeah. Like I would recommend doing it. I think the four month mark is like appropriate yeah, as long so as your doctor approves of it someone said they have a six-month-old that wakes up at 4 a.m every day should they just like let them cry it out at that point i mean i would i'm not gonna say what to do but like yeah i would yeah i mean brody would wake up every day around four and we would he he would just have to stay in his crib like i wake up at three and i pee but like i go back to sleep i don't sit there you know you have to think about it from like your like that's what the our pediatrician used to say like think about it from your perspective you get up at like two or three o'clock in the morning yeah, you're maybe awake for a few minutes, but then you go back to sleep. So just like let them be. That's why I don't sleep with the monitor on next to my ear because it's just, I'm sure he does get up. Any other tips to like removing the swaddle? I don't think people need tips because I don't like, I just do it. I mean, I don't know. I'm like a go bigger home person. I like rip it off like a bandaid, like with ev like truly with everything. So not really, just do it. I don't, I don't genuinely think that like most babies like love being swaddled. And yeah, I mean, all three of our today. kids have fought being in the swaddle, and the only reason why we kept them in the swaddle is so they don't keep hitting themselves in the like head and waking their themselves face, up. Yeah. But yeah, now they all Cooper loves his hands being out. And then we just had a couple other questions that sort of didn't fit into the um, three kids. Miscellaneous questions. Or yeah, 
or sleep training, but always happy to answer other ones we got. So um, since we did have a colicky baby and Ezra, do you have any tips on how to deal with it? Oh my God. I'm sorry. It sucks. Colicky babies are tough. Ezra was a really, really tough baby. Ezra was tough until he turned like three. And I was told that Jordan was very tough until he turned three as well. And I would every time it would be his birthday, like his first birthday, his second birthday, like, oh, one more year, one more year. And it was true. So just know that like it will end. I just don't know when. Like I was hoping for around three and it did. Just, just sometimes I think people could let that inhibit them from having more kids, if especially if it's your first, because you think all kids are like that. But if it means anything, I never, and my mom said this too, like we've never heard of someone having more than one colicky child. So like, and baby, like Ezra was really, really tough. But now as a toddler, knock on wood, like he's amazing. Like he's a very easy toddler. Like he never had terrible twos because it was terrible always. So like that transition was easy. But he's right now like truly like one of the, like he's just easy. Like Brody's giving us a run for our money and Ezra's very easy. So just know that it will end and not all children will be colicky. Any tips for big feelings? Allow your children to express their feelings. Like try to understand that they're frustrated and that they don't understand that this, then, then this. And I, I, we've tried, like, I understand that, like, something so little can seem so big to someone of, the, like, their age, of, like, a, you know, a young child or, or toddler. And, like, such as, like, they want, you know, X snack and you're giving them Y snack and, or, like, they want to go this way and you're going this way. So we just constantly are like, listen, I understand that you wanted to do this or I understand you feel this way, but we're doing this. And I like don't give in to the feelings as like if like that's the type of situation. And like when Ezra gets a boo-boo, like he talks about that boo-boo for about 20 days. So allow them to like feel their feelings, but don't let it like, you know, dictate your day. Yeah, I always always say – let them feel it because you don't want the you don't want to feel like they're like shut out or their yeah. or their opinion doesn't matter. But at the same time, there needs to be like boundaries around it because like sure. in life, there's going to be boundaries that are that also have to be like abided by. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Have you ever had like limit portion sizes for kids? Or like, how do you know? Like, oh, did how, I? How much food to give someone? So Ezra, it's it's crazy. So Ezra's preemie and. Then by his – and he had failure to thrive, which is – I think you've spoken about this other podcast. That's like the worst, you know, name of, of anything. And then by the time he turned one, he was what, over the 100th percentile. He was off the charts for his weight because he was so obsessed and fixated with food, like loved and still loves food. Like he's home from school today. I think, I think food's like his like comfort, like that helps him with his I mean, his same, cup. but like <laughs> – he like he'll ask for a snack because I'm gonna eat like every hour, and then like he's like not actually hungry. Like he just loves food. So like I get it. Like me too, man. And it, food basically pays our bills. Like I understand the obsession. But like, yes, I've had to monitor. We've had to really monitor his the food on his plate. I remember the doctor saying, and it wasn't the same doctor as the sleep training one. It was a different doctor said something to me like, you really need to like start monitoring what he's eating and like kind of made me a little nervous that he was like becoming obese per their quote charts. But like he didn't walk until 15 months. So he just like was more he, – he, he never crawled. So he wasn't very active, which is also why. But I did really have to heavily monitor like how much he would eat. I don't know. I, he definitely ate a lot more still like portion size wise than other kids. And I didn't try, I don't want to give my kids like a complex. And like, I know he's a baby and like he was going to outgrow it eventually, but we're already like a very health conscious family. So I know that the food in my home is like, you know, good quality. Like if he's not eating unhealthy foods or junk foods. And if he's just eating like a lot of avocado or, you know, a lot of sweet potato or whatever it may be, I'm like, whatever, it, it is what it is. But I definitely tried to give him like less – I would give him like less nutrient-dense snacks. Like I remember because he would eat so much at mealtime that he like didn't need like like almond butter and banana as a snack. Like I would give him cucumbers, carrots, blueberries, puffs, like air. I would literally give him anything that was close to air. 
And I remember having to be so strategic about like doing our morning walks with him. Like he couldn't like literally have like a full breakfast when he would wake up because we would give him breakfast in the stroller so he could eat Cheerios. Like it'll end like at least for if, if your child is around that like one to like 18 month age. Um, when the child's older, I haven't experienced that. So I can't speak from experience. Yeah. I, I would say the one thing we never did was like, restrict him from eating a no. certain thing it was just more so like just how much of one thing he could eat yeah yeah i mean but he's he still loves food and it's still like his like go-to sure. if he's bored or needs something for comfort yeah which i think is like it's fine like i don't like i always say like and like now yeah whereas brody like if you don't offer him a snack he like will go hours and doesn't ooh. no not anymore but he was like brody was and then I, yeah then we had brody who like when i introduced food to him i was so excited and he like hated food so very different. I mean, now Brody opens the pantry drawers every few minutes. Like yesterday, he ate three different types of snack bars. It was absurd. Baby names you liked but didn't use. Mm, for boys, I'll never say my girl names because I'm just in denial. Um, Grayson we liked. I, li- I liked Grayson and Gray. We liked Aiden. I loved Parker. There's a long time I thought I was going to name my uh, Brody Parker. Until I realized Parker Carpenter sounds ridiculous. Um, sorry if you happen to be a Parker Carpenter listening to this. What other names did we? Well, it doesn't sound ridiculous. We just sound like that at rhyme. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it does. It sounds ridiculous. Um, what other names did you let Grayson, Parker, Aiden? Oh, I have like a thing of names. I liked Blake. Yeah, I feel like those are the ones that we really had in contention. There was one, but I think you wanted to use it for the girls. So I'm not going to say it. Oh, wow, this is from two. Th- wow, this notes is from 2018. I liked Avery for a oh, boy. I liked Avery too. Brayden, um, yeah, Blake, Camden, Noah, Ezra, Jonah, Noah. Oh, Jonah, that was on the table for a while. Yeah, you didn't like Jonah. Um, yeah, Jonah Carpenter. I don't know. What was the other one for Cooper? For I Coop? texted you like two options. Those are his middle names. Oh, it was just, yeah, Cooper. I was, like, set on Cooper. Ezra, I, so when I named all three, when I named all three of our children, because Jordan will be the first to tell you that he did not, I was very, like, decisive besides Brody's name that took me a while. But Ezra, like, I literally, I remember when the nurse told me when I was standing in Trader Joe's that I was having a boy. I'm like, great, his name's Ezra. Like, we always had other ideas, but, like. Sure, he sure is an Ezra. Yeah. Uh, Would you get a dog or a pet, Rachel? No. We're not a dog fan. I like dogs, but like taking care of something else is just not. Did I tell you about the dog actually yesterday that almost attacked me? Like I'm actually, I'm not even kidding you. Dogs just must know that Rachel is not a dog person because they like. Either love me or hate me. Yeah. I was walking actually in front of our house. I was on the phone with my mom and my mom was freaking out over the phone because she's like, what's going on? Like she heard the dog like basically attack and the owner had to like reel them in. It was like an 80 something pound dog. It was horrifying. I'm like, this is why I don't like dogs. You must give off like a scent of like, don't fuck with me. Probably. Anything else? Uh, that's, that's all she wrote. This is a long F. Is it? How long? Yeah, like an hour. Well, it's been real. You can do these catch-ups more often. They're fun. Yeah, if you have any other questions. For... Just the good chat. Oh, is that? Yeah, I forgot. Just a good chat. Just the good chat. All right. Love you guys. Rate, review, share. <laughs> Bye.